0: after that speech about our fathers, I looked at what the Lord was saying here in Malachi 4. This is the last few verses of the Old Testament. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes, I will send you the prophet Elijah. He will bring fathers and children together again. Otherwise, I would have to come and destroy your country. Maybe that's where our revival and ref- reformation is going to come from, yeah. when the fathers and the children get together. So if you've got a grudge, if you're a child and you've got a grudge with your dad, I'd say get on it and get it fixed, or vice versa if you're the kid. That's quite the deal. You know, We can bring a curse on our country. Come on, fathers. Happy Father's Day, men. I bless you in Jesus' name. I decree a Father's blessing over all of you. The Father God is in the house. This is His house. And we're here to hear from Him. Lord, You're a good God, and we bless You. We honor You. We need to keep praying for our country. Let me read you one little tidbit here. Soviet-style intimidation. Armed IRS agents raided a closed gun shop in Montana. And the representative there is demanding answers after he says a group of armed IRS agents raided and temporary closed a Montana gun shop in Great Falls Wednesday. The event is another example of this administration's weaponizing federal agencies to target and harass hardworking Americans for exercising their constitutional rights. You Don't want to take it for granted. Oh, God wouldn't let anything happen to this country. Read the Old Testament. Just read it. One time they were in captivity for 70 years for just rebelling against God. But to you fathers and to you godly fathers, I remember getting to be a father. Two highlights of my life is knowing Jesus and becoming a father. Dixie and I were married eight years before Angie was born. I remember carrying her out of the Collinsville Hospital. I don't know if she'd break, if I'd drop her. I didn't know. If I held her too tight, I'd break her. <clears throat> it's a privilege to be a father, and I thank God for it. I can't imagine what where, where Dixie and I would be without our family. I'm thankful for our godly son-in-law. I'm thankful for a godly granddaughter. I'm thankful for my spiritual family. I love you guys. You're family. You're my family. I miss the ones that aren't here. I can just about tell you who's not here because they're family. Angie and I have got a lot of memories. I've told you the story. I was going to Texas to do a horse thing, and uh, we talked about it the night before, and she wanted to go. She is two or three. You know, I went to bed, and I never could go to sleep. Of course, Dixie's a good sleeper. I got up, wrapped Angie all up, and me and her took off. Dixie woke up the next morning, thought she'd and we'd been raptured, and she'd been left. The guy I'd talked to the night before at Wolf City, Texas, he'd walked out to get his paper about 7.30, and I pulled in. We had a lot of good horse show trips. and Just getting to hang out with your family. I'm telling you, man, if you're not doing that, you're missing it. And there's more imparted than there is taught, I believe. We should teach, but there's more imparted by your lifestyle. My dad, and his dad didn't get along. It was probably six and six. He had the right father. Probably some things he'd learned from his dad, even though his dad didn't model a Christian dad, would have probably helped him and saved him from some lessons in life. So, let me tell you, you had the right dad, <clears throat> whether he fathered you or not. And God's got a plan in all that. <clears throat> Pardon me. My dad ran away from home a couple of times as a kid. And once, uh, he was a teenager, him and another boy, and he said they were walking one Sunday morning, and they didn't have any money, and they didn't have anything to eat. And a guy picked them up, said... Uh, how would you guys like to go to breakfast? Took them town and fed him. My dad couldn't pick up a hitchhiker because he remembered that. But he would end up living with his grandparents. But I'm, I tell you, there is authority in lives whether we like it or not. Wow, and we miss a lot of not knowing how to be a godly authority or how to receive Lessons in life. There, there are some hard lessons. My dad, <clears throat> to me, always modeled a Christian man. I only saw him really mad in business one time. I was with him. And it was a tough situation, the way the conversation went. But he, he modeled... Christianity and yet I had no idea what he was going through what him and my mother were going through and praise God kids don't need to know what's going through because a kid just thinks you've got it I remember my folks separating one time I was about fifth grade I spent a lot of summers with my grandparents, just because I liked to. And I remember one night, my grandpa was standing out by a well. He said, you need to stay with your kids, your brothers and sisters for a while, but then you just need to come live with me. Of course, I was ready to live with him anytime. Not that I didn't love my folks, I just loved my grandparents also but I praise God I was raised by mother and dad. We always went to church. We lived on a ranch in Kansas for a while. Two different ranches up there. And I know one night we went over there somewhere to a church and my dad said amen. And of course, my dad would have been in his late 20s by then. One lady after church says to my mom, was that your husband that shouted in church? <laughs> see, you get you make memories with your family. I remember that. I remember a wagon wreck like killed with me and Paul of team runoff. We was four or five years old. We wasn't in school. I mean, there's memories. Yeah. When your family's together you need to talk about that and Karen, it's good to see you and your Crew here this morning, I bless you and your family. I bless our guests. I'm glad you're here today. It's a privilege to be a dad. What is man? What is man? That's what psalm says. What is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you take thought of him? Yet you've made him a little lower than God, but you've crowned him with glory and majesty. Come on, you're covered with glory and majesties. We all are. Yet you make Him to rule over the work of your hands, and you've put all things under His feet. That's what God's given us. He's given us more authority than we're taking, or this country wouldn't be in the shape it's in. It's time for real men to stand up. It's time for real women to stand up. Oh, and I praise God for the reports I heard about the ladies meeting the other night. Guys are out doing this a little on it. but We're going to have to tuck it up a little bit. I praise God we can get together. Isaiah 9-6. You know this scripture. I quote it a lot. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit really reminded me of it this morning. For a child will be born to us and a son will be given. You know, your children are born to you, but this son was God Almighty. He was given to us. And where's the government? It says it will rest upon his shoulders. If you can take a deep breath, it's on his shoulders. He's, got it. He's working in all these things that look out of control. God is working in them. But that does not take responsibility off of us. He's waiting on us to do our part. If you're just waiting on God to wipe out all the people you think are bad, I've decided He's using them to try to make us cry out to Him. But the government's on Christ Jesus' shoulders. And what's His name? His name is Wonderful Counselor. His name is... Mighty God. His name is Eternal Father. That's who Jesus is. His name is the Prince of Peace. Who are you going to see when you get to heaven? You're going to see Jesus. You can call Him Jesus. You can call Him Wonderful Counselor. You can call Him Almighty God. You can call Him Eternal Father. Father. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Maybe you don't see that today. But it's happening. Because the word of God says it would happen. Isaiah prophesied it thousands of years ago. There's no end to the increase of government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it, and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. And I'm praying that justice and righteousness be established in the governments of every nation, in our town, in our city, in our state, in this nation and every nation. And it says from then on and forevermore and the zeal, Of the Lord of hosts. When I first looked at that word there. I was thinking seal. Because we seal a document. Well let me tell you. It's a sealed document. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. Will accomplish this. The Lord of hosts is the Lord God. Almighty. Listen. He's the ultimate father. He's the blood bought one. He's the eternal one. He is the answer to every need you have. He is who you're looking for in your life. He's what's missing in your life. Because He said, I will establish you with justice and righteousness. Lord, we just praise You and thank You that You're the ultimate Father. I want to read you a short passage out of Genesis. Genesis. Genesis 12. Now Abraham was a heathen. And the Lord said to him, Go forth from your country, and from your relatives and your friends, and from your father's house, to a land which I've shown you. And I'll make you a great nation, and I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, we're part of his family. Because that's our heritage. That's where we trace our roots back to Father Abraham. We're under that blessing, that covenant blessing that he had with God. He's the father of our faith. Psalms 25, 12 says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? Do you fear the Lord? Come on, do you really fear the God? Do you walk in fear of God? It says, He will instruct him in the way he should choose. God will instruct you. His soul, your soul, if you fear God, will abide in prosperity. His descendants will inherit the land. Don't you want your kids to inherit the land? The secret of the Lord is for those who fear Him. And He will make them know His covenant. Covenant He had with Abraham. The covenant we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. You do not, let me tell you, you don't fear God if you're not seeking Him with all your heart. Don't shout me down about that. If you're seeking God with all your heart, you'll want to please Him. This name's Jesus. Proverbs fifteen thirty two says, He neglects discipline, despises himself. You know there are a lot of people who despise themselves? You know what you're doing? You're saying, hey God, you didn't know what you made. You made a mistake. You, you need to... Forgive yourself and decide God's right and says God, take this mess and do something with it. He who neglects... If you don't discipline yourself, you despise yourself. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. Listen, there's reproofs in life that God's trying to teach us things. Another proverb, 1927... Cease listening, my son, to discipline. When you stop listening to discipline, you will stray from the words of knowledge. I love it, the, one of the Proverbs that says, call wisdom your sister and understanding your best friend. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. I seek wisdom because wisdom teaches you things. We need godly wisdom. We need understanding. You can be street wise. You can be wise in the ways of the world. And go to hell. Listen, we need godly wisdom. We need godly wisdom in our life. You will stray without words of knowledge. What about potential? Potential. Men, you've got potential. Women, you've got the potential. God has put in you what you need. It's within you. And if you're a believer, the kingdom of God lives within you. He lives within you. Judges 14. Story about Samson. A man, a lot of potential. How, Samson picked out a gal. Now, the Hebrews were only supposed to marry within their own people. But he won one from the other town, the other tribes. And he had one picked out. And that's why this verse, I can't read you the whole story, but however, his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord. For he, God was seeking occasion against the Philistines. Now at that time, the Philistines were ruling over Israel. I said there were times they were in captivity. They were. So God was going to use Samuel, Samson, to do a work there. In fact, he was a judge for about 20 years. And he picks out this girl. And uh, he takes his mom and dad down there, and they have a big to-do, and the service goes on for several days. But he makes a wager with the local guys. Guys, if you can solve my riddle, I'll give you 30 changes of clothes. And if you can't, you've got to give them to me. Well, they couldn't solve it. So they went to his bride and says, Now, if you don't give us the answer, we'll burn your dad's house down. Oh, honey, if you love me, you tell me. And she finally talked him into telling her. And, of course, he passed the story on. She passed the story on to the local guys. And, of course, that made Samson mad. So he goes out and kills 30 guys down there. I mean, it was okay. God was having him deal with the Philistines. That's not the way things are today, but that was the time they were in. He comes back and pays them the debt, and he goes on. Well, in a few days, he decided, he better go back and check. He got to missing this lady. And he goes back, and her dad said, I thought you didn't want her. I gave her to your best friend. What? You know, God was stirring Samson up. Now, some of you guys are hunters. Now, are you hunters? I want you to explain this to me. Samson goes out <clears throat> and traps 300 foxes. Now, tell me how you do that. Now, tell me how you tie two of them together, tie their tails together and put a torch between their tails. So he turned 150 pairs of them loose with their tails on fire and burned up all their crops. How do you do that? You know, you thought, there's people that think it's really awesome today if they've never seen God do something and somebody falls out. <laughs> Maybe that's, he laid hands on those foxes. I don't know. He did it somewhere under anointing of God to capture 300 foxes. I mean, you figure that out. You think, to, you think God, He can use whatever He wants to. But he was, he was dealing with the Philistines. He burned their crops up. Those people didn't like that. They said, Samson didn't that? They said, let's, let's go back up there. That guy... Let's be his father-in-law. Let's go burn his house down. That's what the girl was afraid of. They did it anyway. Samson was called to be a mighty man of God. And, you know, they couldn't control him. But one day, here come 3,000 of his own people, military people. And they said, look, we've come to arrest you. The Philistines want you and they sent us to get you. He said, I'll let you do it if you won't kill me. They said, okay. So they bound him, took him, turned him over to him. He just broke the bands just like I could separate my hands there. there There's so many details in the Bible. It said he picked up a fresh jawbone of a donkey where a donkey had died and its head was there and the jawbone was there. I still figure, look at it as a greasy thing. He picked it up and killed a thousand Philistines with it. How can a man do that? See, there's another. It's anointing of God. And when it was finished, he was about, he was about to die. It was so hot and so thirsty. And he just cried out to God and it said, God hollowed out a place in the ground and water came up so he could drink. Come on. That's my God. He'll give you a drink in a dry place. He'll take you some places you don't know about going. Life circumstances of God are confusing. Don't try to figure them out. If you belong to God, you just say, God, you have ordained this day for me to walk through it. I wish I would have always known that. We've had a couple of fires at the barn. I was far enough along I could thank God for it, but I didn't understand. He takes you through things, and you'll die a little more, and you'll depend on him a little more is what it's about. He, he's going to work on you until there's nothing left in you that you think you can do it. It's not, let, let me call the guys. We can do this. Yeah? You go make your own mess. And you have to live with it, though. You go marry the wrong one, you'll learn some more lessons through it. But Samson, he walked through all kinds of stuff. The Spirit of the Lord would just come upon him. But Judges 16. Samson went to Gaza. You better watch where you go. You better let the Holy Spirit lead you. Holy Spirit won't lead you wrong, but Samson went wrong. He went to Gaza and saw a harlot there. He went into her. When it was told to the Gazazites saying, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They kept silent all night saying, let us wait until the morning light. Then we'll kill him. Samson lay until midnight. And at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the city gates and the two posts. And he pulled them up along with the bars, put them on his shoulders and carried them up to the top of Mount Hebron. And I'd start out in Gaza and he takes them to Hebrew. I've looked at that two different times and that's 40 miles. You think about big gates. You think, I mean, he's wrong. He's wrong in where he went. He's doing something wrong. And yet he still had the anointing on him. On. He still had the power. And the next part of that verse goes on to say, Then he met Delilah. And you know the story about Delilah. The Philistine lords came to her, the high muckly mucks, and said, Now we're each going to give you this much money if you turn him over to us. You find out his secret. And he kept telling her one thing and another. This went on for days, I'm sure. He'd tell her something and yet he'd get up and he'd still have the power. But see, his mother was, a, he comes from a barren family. They didn't have any children. But God gave him a word. They were going to give him a son and they'd raise him as a Nazarite. He never drank wine. He never had his hair cut. But you know, when you go to the wrong place and you hang out in the wrong places, you, you, I've said, I'll do this, but I'll never do that. Until I'm there, and then I say, but I'll never do that. Yeah. 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 And it's, Come on, it's progressive. Yeah. 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 I'm telling you, we've got to head the other way. Yeah. Step come at on. a time, yeah. you've got to come back. Yeah. You've got to come back. But Samson finally gave it up, and they came in and captured him. One of the first things they did was blind him. The mighty man of God had his hair cut, blinded, took him, put him in captivity, and it says he was a grinder. He pulled some kind of a, whatever the meal was. All the potential. I'm telling you, you don't want to look back and say what I could have done. You want to walk in what God's got for you. Come on. It's not, someday I'm going to do this. Let me tell you, it is someday. That's right. It is someday. And years go by, and his hair grows out. And they have a great event. They call everybody together in this great pavilion. And they get bored and they said, Bring old Samson out. Let's make fun of him. And they bring him out and they said they sport with him. And he told the boy that's leading him, He said, Just let me lean against the doors, the pillars of this house. And I see him, he puts both hands on him. He's a big, great, big guy. He's probably already repented. But he just cries out to God again. So I don't care where you are and where you've been. It's not too late. Amen. It is not too late. And he says, God avenge me. He tore the house down. Amen. Those on the second story, they, it just crumbled. I think there were 3,000 killed. and there, so there was more killed there than there had been this whole lifetime. I mean... He did, a, he did a lot of damage to the Philistines, but the potential he wasted is what I'm talking about. What he, what he could have been. That's what God is. He's got the answer. I promise you he loves you. That's why I love the story of the prodigal. The prodigal. That's the perfect example of the father. The kid dissatisfied, wanted to leave, and Dad divided up with him, didn't want him to go, but he let him go. I think that's kind of what my grandparents did with my dad. He came to Oklahoma with a train load of cattle when he was fifteen. His dad told him, All you'll ever have is a saddle and a horse. Well let me tell you, he ended up with a horse. He helped change the direction of the quarter horse industry with that horse. Because he honored God. Samson cried out to God. But that prodigal goes out there and he finally gets awakening. There's people today, listen, you can, I've been a prodigal. But life's, Through life's situation and the hurts and the aches, you finally figure out this is not all it's claimed to be. I need to come back to the Father's house. And that's what the prodigal did. And that's what I love about the prodigal. Because I was raised under a lot of, you could always do better, condemnation. I mean, the Father saw him coming and ran to meet him. He didn't say, well, bless God, I hope he's learned his lesson. Come on, that, there's enough of that religious trying to make somebody do something. Only God can change a person. But the Father loved him. Your Father, your Heavenly Father loves you. Maybe your Earthly Father didn't know how to love you that way. Because He wasn't probably loved that way. But He said, Put the best robe on him. Put a ring on him that, that says he he's, belongs here. He's a part of it. It was like he had never left. And then there's some It's like the elder brother. The elder brother had stayed there. He sees the party going on. He comes in. What's wrong? Well, your brother's home. We're having a party. He wouldn't come in the house. His dad goes out. His, the dad goes out to him. Dad, there's times we have to go out. Oh, no, bless God, they'll just have to, they'll come to me. Well, you better get over that. You're not as smart as you think you are. You better let the Holy Spirit lead you. He goes out to him and the elder brother says, You've never even given me a goat, and look what you give him, and he's wasted it with harlots. He said, "Son, everything I got is yours." Did he mean it? Yes. Yeah, that's the example of a perfect father. Let me tell you, everything he's got, he says it's yours. Just come to me. We talked about that this morning. We had some words here. As we prayed this morning, the last thing we'll, we'll try everything else for, we'll give up and come to Jesus. Because old number one thinks we can do it. We're not meant to be able to do it. Elder brother says, I've always did everything you wanted me to do. I doubt it. Everything I got yours, son. Just come to Father. My yoke's easy. My burden's light. Some of you, you're, you're carrying heavy, heavy, heavy burdens. Three things men battle. Number three is lust. Number two is lust. Guess what? Number one is It's lust. Women, you gather, you gather some lust too. What do we seek? What controls us? What do, we, what do we pursue after? What are these things? What controls you? Sex, power, authority, food, jobs? Listen, I proclaim you Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You've got to come back to the cross. It takes Jesus Christ to meet the needs that in you. I've got a great wife. I've got a great daughter and family, but there's a part of me they can't meet my needs. And if you're looking to your family to meet all your needs, you're wrong. If you're looking to any one person to meet your needs, you're wrong. We need our families, and they're a great help. And we need them. I need my wife. But I need time with Jesus. The prodigal come back. That's us coming back to Father God. He'll fix us if we will allow Him to work in and through our lives. You've got to take up your cross and follow Him. Are you born again? Have you met Jesus? Have you really been saved? We've talked a lot recently about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, you cannot live it. On your own. It takes the power of God living in and through you. That's the only way you can live it. That's the only way. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll not be the the father, the mother, the child, the son, the daughter that God wants you to be. See, when God offers you something, you need to take it. And He offers you something for a purpose. How do you get saved? By realizing you're lost and that Jesus can save you. And by faith you accept Him. You get filled with the Holy Spirit by believing He is and that it's God's will for you to be filled. And you receive Him by faith. Ask Him to come into your life. God will change your life. If you're still woe is this, and this is wrong, and this isn't right, and the family's not right, I'm going to tell you, you just need Jesus. You need to let God work on your family. You can't change it. You can't change your job. You can't change your company. He can if if we'll let him lead us. That old nature. Oh, that's... You know, I'm in charge. Come on. That don't get us very far, does it? There's deliverance that's needed. You've got to have something to change your life. And if you won't let Jesus change your life, let me tell you, if you belong to God, you're going to run into a circumstance you can't handle, and there's going to be a time you're going to cry out to him. I've talked to a couple guys in the last few months. One of them sent me scriptures several days in a row. Even things that we need to do. We need to be going teaching kids not to be on drugs and such as. But you know what? <clears throat> Neither one of them, I don't believe, are involved today. Neither one of them they had more answers than they had questions. They didn't know the needs they really have. They'd be here. They'd be somewhere with God today. I texted one of them yesterday. He's been texting me for a week or two. He takes me day or two ago and so I just picked up the phone and called him he didn't answer the phone something wrong with the re- that's it. I'm, I'm pretty big in re- relational things but you know I, I can I'm a slow learner but I'm learning from that <laughs> I mean you can tell me all oh, you we ought to be doing about God but where are you right. see are you on the team or not I mean, there's commitment. Did not Jesus Christ commit Himself? Amen. That's the old story about the pig and the chicken. Went to revival. They've got revived, and the chicken says, "Hallelujah! We need to give an offering." What should we give? I'm going to give some eggs. What can you give? He said, for you that's an offering. That's total commitment for me. (laughs) Well, That's what God is after is total commitment. John 5.39 It says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you're unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. Listen, I love this Word. I read this Word. You better get in the Word every day if you want to grow in the Lord. If you want to sustain what God has put in you, you better get in the Word. But that verse says, search the Scriptures that it will not save you. You can memorize the Bible and go to hell. You you you'll be an elder brother. You'll have the answer for everybody's problems, but you won't live it yourself. That's a Pharisee spirit. That's been too prevalent in the church. I've been reading a book of Clay Nash's. I've learned from it. It's called Activating the Prophetic. It's great. You know what makes it great for me? I know the author. we better get to know the guy who wrote the book. You can read the book without knowing the author of the book. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just history. It's to give us what we need to live life because you're fighting things today you have no idea what's coming up. I mean, there's things. Tulsa didn't know this time. Yesterday they'd have... What Eddie Eddie say? 3,500 telephone poles broken, light poles broken? Yeah. I mean, there's things happen. Things come up. <clears throat> We've got to be ready to walk it out with him. <clears throat> We're committed to him. We're committed to walk in love. See, that's why Romans 12.1 is so important. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, here's what worship is. Present your body a living, holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world. Are you conformed to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the world? Jack pulled some rings off his hand today that was tied to the world. He wants to just live it out for Jesus. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You'll renew your mind by praying, by reading the Word, so you may prove what is the will of God. What's good, what's acceptable, and perfect. See, in Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking our own assembling together. Well, you're not. You're here today. But as a habit of some, some aren't here. But encourage one another all the more as you see the days dawning. Listen, we need a relationship with one another. We need a relationship with the body of Christ. You need Jesus Let me tell you, you need this church fellowship if you're a part of it. You're part of us. We're one body. One part of your little your body can hurt. One little toe or one toothache can put you down. Jackson Huff's in the hospital, he's hurting this morning. That's part of us. Lord help him. We need to come together. But we're busy. Everything's more important. We say we're seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Are we thinking more about that or our plans this afternoon? Or business, or sports, or business, or family? I challenge you, let Jesus be Jesus. He wants you to be a godly father. He wants you to be a godly mom. He wants you to be a godly person. He wants you to grow up. The best testimony you'll ever have is you didn't walk through all that junk. What Samson could have been. Some of you need to just come and really make a commitment to Jesus and be accountable to the church. Be a part of the church. Not just drop in when it feels good. See, I want, I, know, I want everything God's got for me. I want to finish the race. He's written your name in a book if you're a believer, and He's written out what He's got for you, and He's desirous for you to fulfill that. I pray you fulfill it. My job, I want to help you fulfill. I want to help you be who God wants you to be. We're all different. We've all got different roles to live and fulfill. But it's God who's at work in you to will and work for his good pleasure. Then Paul told the church, I'm preaching to you till you come to the image of the image of Christ is formed in you. See, he's building Christ in us. We're we're his representatives on the earth. He says, as you are, so am I in the world. As He is, so am I in the world. Are you ready to be who He's called you to be? It'll cost you. You've got to lay down what you think and let Him do it. Listen, He convinced me a long time ago in horse business, He knew more about it than I did. He'll make you look good if you'll let him. I promise you, he loves you. But you've got to give it all to him. See, if I'd tell you, if you'll come and trust me, I'll meet your every need. Some of you would know I would do that but I can't do nearer for you what he can do. He knows your innermost need. He knows the places you've been hurt. The places you weren't fathered. The things, the hurt you've had in life wasn't God's fault. He just says, whether an elder brother or a prodigal son, we just need to come to him. The fear of God is realizing how much you need him. Let's just stand up and bless the Lord. Somebody give Jesus praise this morning. Somebody come and and, and want more of God. Somebody come and say, I know I need to be more of a godly father. What did I read this morning? 93% of the time when men say, I'm going to church, his family are following. Men, you're going to give an accountable account to God, how you live your life. But this is for all of us this morning. Come get what God's got for you. Come avail yourselves to Him. If you want to go with us, come and say, I just want to be part of this group. And I promise you, we don't know for sure where we're going. Because we're going wherever he leads us. We know just what the next step is. It's the way you don't know what's going on in your life. You don't know what's next. Somebody come and say, I know, I need, God's dealing with me. I want to be the God, the, the dad God wants me to be. I want to be the mom God wants me to be. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Don't all come at once. If your father never blessed you, I'm going to bless you today. If your father never blessed you, I'm going to bless you. Come on, church. Don't miss this time until the Spirit of God's moving. When men fill the altar, lives are changing. I praise God for men that'll make a stand. any other needs feel free to come whatever they are. I belong to you. He'll take the chaos out of your house. He'll take the doubts and the fears the questions. You want everything He's got for you but He wants you. We're going to stay and minister here. I'm glad you're here today. And I do speak a blessing over you. We'll be back Wednesday night. If you need to go, you feel free to go. But if you know God's not finished, you sense that, you come. Someone will pray for you. We'll pray for you. And I bless you for being here today. You that want father's blessing. I've prayed for a couple. Whoever else that is, I want to pray for you. now mm-hmm.
1: still
0: somebody give him praise he's so worthy he's so worthy he's so worthy worthy. Anybody got any words we need to give this morning? You need to give? Chris, you need need to talk to him every day. I love you. I'm glad you're here.
1: I'm glad you're here.
0: Come on, there's some more words and things that need to be said this morning. Things that need to be declared. Keep praying for Dixie. She's had so much trouble with her hip. hurt your standing or walking.
1: Today and
0: Isn't it good to feel like God's got you? It doesn't depend on you trying to outsmart everybody else. World and wisdom. Beverly, you got anything else? Lord, we just thank you now and offer this all up to you. We bless you and speak blessings over the people. In Jesus' name, amen.